Did you know you are physically adapting to all your swiping, scrolling, and tapping? We're changing our bodies and what they're able to do through our habits. NPR's Body Electric, a special interactive series investigating how to fix the relationship between our tech and our health. Listen in the TED Radio Hour feed wherever you get your podcasts. Why people are flipping for pinball. I'm Tom Shine, and welcome to The Range. Support for The Range comes from McCowan Gordon Construction, Fidelity Bank, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Coming up, a business executive explains how she puts together her management team. I pick my leaders in terms of leaders of other people, like I would pick people that have empathy, people that care. But first, the growth of arcade games in the 1990s drained a lot of the passion for pinball. But in the last few years... Pinball has made a resurgence. There are pinball leagues in Wichita, plus monthly tournaments. Hugo Fan has more. The ball has been saved. Despite being almost a century old, pinball continues to capture the imagination of players all over the world. And places like the arcade and Kirby's Flipside are keeping that fascination alive in Wichita. Ryan Bell is the co-owner of Kirby's Beer Store, a legendary dive bar known for hosting an eclectic array of live music. In 2020, his business took a hit when the pandemic shut down live performances for several months. Bell had the idea to incorporate his hobby into the business. We wanted to offer you know, something other than music, obviously, because that wasn't an option. So we basically took my collection of pinball machines and put them next door. Bell says the relationships he's been able to form through pinball are what makes the game special. You know, when you hit that perfect shot or you hit a good combination of shots or you get a good score, there's obviously a joy that comes from that. But really what I think gets down deep into the collector and the hobbyist motivation is, is really you meet friends and you develop friendships. One of Wichita's pinball community's biggest stewards is Sam Swain. He helps organize leagues and tournaments around town. Tournaments are registered and sanctioned through the IFPA, or the International Flippers Pinball Association. Swain says tournaments average about 20 to 30 people. Several pinball machines can even scan individualized QR codes to keep track of online leaderboards through a system called Stern Connect. Um, It's cool to see how you're doing and how you're uh, progressing and how well you're playing against everybody else that plays here on the same games as you, even if they're not here at the same time as you. There are also women's leagues in Wichita. So we have two different women's groups here in town. We have the Ballbusters um, and then the Bells and Chimes of Wichita. That's pinball player Susie Sprankle. She says co-ed groups can offer a fun and competitive environment, but pinball can be a very male-dominated hobby. She says that the women's groups offer a friendly environment for female players to bond with one another. They're a little more welcoming (laughs) because we're women trying to support other women doing this random kind of thing. The pinball community can be broken down into three categories, collectors, competitive players, and casual enthusiasts. One of the benefits of having a community is that more experienced players can help newer ones elevate their game. For newer players, Swain offers this advice. It's you versus the machine, and it doesn't matter how well you play, at the end the ball is going to drain, and you have to work through that 
go to the next shot, figure out what you're going to do, and keep playing. For The Range, I'm Hugo Fan. Wichita native Karen Carter is the president of Packaging and Specialty Plastics for Dow, one of the world's largest companies. She's also the first black woman president in Dow's history. Carter was recently inducted into the Kansas African American Museum Trailblazers Hall of Fame. For this month's In the Mix, Carter's sister, KMUW's own Carla Eccles, asked her what it's like to lead more than 35,000 employees all over the world. People leadership is the, the number one responsibility that I have, even beyond profit and loss. I mean, it really is about people. So it's about how do you hire people, the people that I surround myself with that are on my leadership team, always selecting people that I think are better than me, uh, and then compelling them to achieve even more than they think they're capable of. I tell people this all the time. I pick my leaders in terms of leaders of other people, like I would pick the babysitters for my grandchildren, people that have empathy people that care, people that are going to develop other people. Relationship is key. And telling people what they need to hear versus what they want to hear. Clarity is kind. Brene Brown says it all the time. Clarity is kind. Being able to cast a compelling vision and then motivate people to charge the hill is important. But I think what it all comes down to is not only empathy, but authenticity. Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to share with people your mistakes? Are you willing to say you're sorry? Are you really willing to actively listen? So sometimes on Fridays, I do what I call Focus Friday. So on Fridays, I don't have meetings. It's really the time that it takes to think or the time that I take to pick up the phone and call people and just say, how are you doing? And then listen. I'm not asking them about the numbers. I'm not asking them about the macro economy or what have you done for me lately, but how are you? And you'd be surprised if you would just listen because people will tell you. You know, right now I have probably six people on my team that have lost a parent in the last six months. Leading sometimes is just giving people space. Leading sometimes is just getting on the plane and going to sit with them in whatever they are dealing with at that time. You know, there's a saying that says uh, people will forget what you told them, but they will remember how you made them feel. That's critical. We talked about, you know, losing daddy. I can empathize with that because I've been where they are. The journey of grief, it's very unique to each individual person, but as their leader, I want them to know that they're not alone. And so leadership is the most important thing that I do, and it's individual. You know, mama would say that the way she raised you is different than Carol, then it's different than me. We all needed something different. It's the same with people, and I think we have to remember that people come to work with a whole bunch of stuff. Did they have an argument with their partner before they arrived? Did the dog die over the weekend? Are they dealing with a child with mental illness? They bring all of that with them to work. And so as leaders, it's important for us to spend the time, get to know the folks that are on our team, not be therapists, but be able to point them in the right direction where there are resources and help that is available. And I love that part of my job. I feel like it is a God-ordained assignment to be in a position where we have more than 35,000 colleagues around the world, and every day I'm looking for someone that I can help. Carla Eccles brings you thoughtful stories about race and culture every month on In the Mix. You can read more of her interview with Karen Carter at KMUW.org. And one last thing. 
My three children and their significant others are coming to visit over Thanksgiving. My wife started planning for it before Halloween. We've got a complete schedule of daily meals. Linens washed, rooms dusted, bathrooms clean, carpets vacuumed. Check, 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 and check. Tickets for illuminations at Botanica? Got them. Tickets to tour the Frank Lloyd Wright House? Ditto. She's baked cookies and muffins. Bought a spiral ham just in case all the other food we're stockpiling isn't enough. If my wife had been in charge of logistics for France during the Seven Years' War, it would have lasted three years. Tops. Why does she do it? Because like all moms, she loves her children. And she especially loves them when they're home. Thanks for joining us on The Range. Our producers for this week's show are Carly Cooper, Jonathan Huber, Beth Collet, and Luann Stevens. Our digital producer is Hugo Fan, and Torn Anderson composed our theme music. The executive producer of The Range is Fletcher Powell. I'm Tom Shine, and this is KMUW, NPR for Wichita.